Blog Talk Radio. Welcome to Focus on Albany. I'm Cynthia Pooler. My guest today is Jennifer Lamarck. And Jennifer has wrote a book about the history of Rap Road and Albany. And since I've been covering Rap Road because of the um, uh, proposed, um, proposed building of Costco, I thought it would be a great idea to get Dr. Lamack on here to talk about the the uh, history of Rap Road. So welcome to Focus on Albany. Uh, Dr. Lamack, what made you decide to write this book? Well, um, well, thank you for having me. I am always excited and happy to talk about the Rap Road community. Um, so I became involved with researching the Rap Road community um, way back in like 1999 and 2000 when I went to a local history program um, at Hackett Junior High that was run by um, Emma Dixon, who was one of the community leaders, and she had over the years kind of collected the community's history, and um, it was a public, kind of a public uh, presentation during a Black History Month celebration. And I went to the the junior high for the program, and just remember sitting in the audience and was just completely captivated by the audience. And she talked about how her family and her neighbors all moved here from Shibuta, Mississippi. And I remember sitting there and I'm from New York state. I grew up in Elmira. And I remember just thinking like, where the heck is Shibuta, Mississippi? I've never even heard a word like Shibuta. And then what are Mm -hmm. all these people in Albany doing in, you know, from Mississippi doing in Albany? And I just, I had to find out more. Um, So after the program, I went up to Emma Dixon and I said, you know, I would, I'm would. i a history student at the University of Albany, and um, I have to do a local history research paper, and I would love to do it on the Rap Road community. And um, we exchanged numbers, and she invited me to her house out on Rap Road. And I showed up, and she said, now, really, what are you here for? And I said, well, I, 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 I'm, a research, I'm a graduate student. I need to do a, a research paper. And they had already been... Um, kind of going over Hill and Dale because at this time, Crossgates Mall wanted to double its size and expand. So they were kind of in a, the whole community was already in a kind of a siege mentality. And she, and she kept on asking, you know, what are you here for, really? And I kept on saying, I'm just a, just a history student. And so um, slowly, and you know, she said, okay, we'll come back. And so I must have come back to her house to talk to her five or six times. And then finally she realized that I was there to collect the community's history. And so we started working together on documenting the community. Um, and at the same time, she she would, she would wanted the community to um, be designated a state and national historic district. And I said, well, my research paper could serve as a basis of that. So we finally came to an agreement that, I would do the research and the history and write it all up, and we would then put it together forward to um, to become a, a 
state and historic um, historic neighborhood. And so over so the when years, did the um, go when ahead. did the migration from Mississippi to Albany take place? So it started um, with a man named Lewis Parson and his wife, mm-hmm. Frances, and they decided to move north around 1930. Um, he was a preacher in Shibuta, Mississippi, and kind of the surrounding areas, and it's very rural there. Um, and he was hurt on hurt at his job um, and had a big cash settlement. And because he was African-American, he didn't feel comfortable having that much money and living in the South, so he decided to move north. Um, and he stopped at a couple different places in one, in Ohio and in Buffalo and then kept coming east. And he decided to stop, and he stayed in Albany because in the South End, where many of the African-American migrants lived at that time, there was a group of women running a prayer circle. And he felt kind of a kindred spirit with these women and decided to stay and established a church in the South End. And what's interesting about that is once the church was established, he would drive back and forth to bring his congregants from the south to Albany to his church here in the south end. So he would drive back and forth, and if anybody wanted to move north with him, he would drive down and pick them up. Um, So he populated his new church in Albany with the same members that he um, had in the south. And then once that started, um, other folks heard that Albany was, a decent place to live. And some people didn't, they wouldn't wait for uh, Lewis Parsons to come. They would just come here on Greyhound bus or come another way. And slowly over time, his church was populated and it expanded. And today it is the Wilborn Temple, which is located on 121 J Street in downtown Albany. So, so um, go ahead. Okay, I was going to say, so he had all of these very religious and very church-going people living in the South End. And in the 1930s, 40s, and 50s, the South End was covered with bars and gambling houses and houses of prostitution. And these church-going people did not, all of them did not like living in that area. Um, So he was able to use money, he and a fellow church, um, a deacon in the church, William Tolliver, were able to purchase a plot of land, 14-acre plot of land out in the middle of the pine bush, and they sold pieces and parcels of the land to church members only. And um, church members bought the land. They went out and built, built their own houses. They had gardens. And slowly, this community of African-American migrants that were living in the South End slowly moved out to what became the Rap Road community. And only church members were offered. Um, Originally, originally there were, um, I think, around 30 families that lived there. Mm -hmm. Um, And when the community was designated a historic property um, which was in the 
I think 2003, um, there were still 23, and now it's down to 12 families, I believe. Wow. Now, the families that populated that area that are no longer there, did they move out of the area? Um, They moved, yes, either out of Albany or, you know, they're they're scattered all over um, the country, and a lot of them still live in Albany. Um, Every Mm -hmm. year they have a Rap Road reunion, um, and it's been going on for 60-some years. Uh, This Mm -hmm. is actually this year was the very first time it didn't physically happen. They had to do it um, virtually because of COVID-19. But once the third Sunday in August, everybody comes back to Rap Road and and kind of celebrates the the grand history of the community. Wow. That's that's pretty exciting. It um, is. Hmm. So, from the migration, uh, they moved to uh, the south and then to Rep Road. Where did these people find employment? Um, so, they were able to find employment um, all over the place. A lot of um, the, the railroad, um, because Albany was a... Um, a center for railroads. There was always work there. There was work down at the Port of Albany. Um, a few of the folks there worked at the Tobin Packing Meat Pack, Pack Meat Packing Plant. Mm-hmm. Um, some of them worked for Albany City School District. Um, in fact, the very first female bus driver in the city of Albany was one of the Rap Road members, and that's because the the city wouldn't send the bus out as far as Rap Road. Um, so the community needed a bus driver. So the church bought the community a bus, and one of the um, members was one of the women who um, wasn't working during the day. So she volunteered to drive the kids to and from school in the in the bus. Um, so they like to say that first woman city of Albany school bus driver came from Rap Road. So, Rap Road, is that considered Gilderland? It is, um, I think it's in the city of Albany, but it, um, their border lines is right up against um, Gilderland. And I think technically some of the the land out there is technically in Gilderland, but they all have city mm-hmm. of Albany mailing addresses. Mm-hmm. So o- over the years, did the uh, the community of people did they stay isolated from you know the larger population, or did they assimilate? Um, they the community pretty much stayed intact. Um, I would say mm-hmm. until the seventies and eighties, and that is when um, the first time. It, Anybody in Albany other than that community and the church realized that there were even folks living out in the pine bush was when the uh, Washington Avenue extension was built, and that Mm -hmm. went right through the middle of the community. So um, if you can picture where um, Home Depot and Walmart are currently, 
Right. Um, uh-huh. That was that was the other half of the community. Um, and there was actually some of the most of the houses left, and then one of the houses, everybody was given the option to either move your house or sell it. And one of the um, members of the community, the Tolliver family, said, "Move the house." So that house was moved forward into the Rap Road community. Um, instead of buying out, they wanted wanted the house moved. Um, so the the community stayed pretty contained until then. And what's interesting about it specifically is that when they when these African American folks were um, it was the first time that a lot of them were able to actually purchase property. It was very unusual for African Americans to purchase property during this time because um, mm-hmm. blacks couldn't get mortgages. So um, mm-hmm. as far as migrants goes, this was you know a dream come true that, that folks could own their own house and own land. Um, and because they were out in the pine bush with really nobody else around, they could have huge gardens and they could hunt and they could kind of recreate the community that they left behind in Shibuta, Mississippi, and yet take advantage of the better working environments and better education here in the north. Well, um, so I'm kind of at a loss for words because this is so interesting that, and I'm sure that the Great Migration took place in other parts of the Northeast, right? It did. It took place um, all across the North and in cities in the West um, and Midwest. Um, What's Mm -hmm. interesting about um, the migration of the folks from Mississippi is that it's an unusual migration because most folks who migrated from the North would go in a specific um, North-South pattern. So most people Mm -hmm. from Mississippi ended up in Chicago or Detroit. And in New York State, most migrants came from South Carolina, North Carolina, and Florida because they could just directly go north. It's hard to get from Shibuta, Mississippi to Albany um, because the transportation lines don't go that way specifically. Mm -hmm. Um, So it's unusual to have a huge group of, of folks from Mississippi in New York State, um, which also makes this um, specific community even more um, significant and interesting. I, I live right by Lincoln Park, and I've, I've been to a couple of Mississippi days. So ultimately, the people from Mississippi settle all over the city of Albany, or was it just yes. within that, that oh, they did? Yep, they settled okay. all over. Um, and when you go to something like Mississippi Day, you realize what an impact this one person and this one um, you know, person had on all of Albany. Because you look around and he started it. And, and granted, there were other, um, other people that came along, like William Wilborn, who also went down to pick people up from Mississippi to bring them back. Um, but it all started with Lewis Parson and he made such a huge impact on on Albany history. Now, people really don't know much about Lewis Parsons, correct? 
Correct. He um, he was he died fairly young, um, and he I think he died in like 1933. So he was only living in Albany for about four years. Um, his wife Frances, who came with him, um, t- kind of carried on his wishes by selling land at Rap Road. And when you go mm-hmm. to look at some of the old um, the the initial land deeds. Her name is on some of them, and his name is on some of them. So he, she carried on his his work after he passed away. So, what's the importance of the migration from your perspective? Um, the importance of the Great Migration is that it, and nationally, it made a huge um, shift in where African American people lived in this country. Prior to the Great Migration, and I think overall um, 5 million people ultimately ended up moving to the north. So it was a a huge population shift from the southern United States to an urban and industrial north. Mm -hmm. And this was after the Civil War, correct? Yeah, this started um, in the early 20th century right around 1910, 1912, and it went all the way through the 1960s. So did you ever uh, uncover anything about the uh, effects of of the climate on people? I mean, the South is a little bit warmer than it is up here. Did people who migrated here have difficulty acclimating themselves to the cold? Yes, that's actually that's a great question that I don't think a lot of people consider. Um so I I did I I did two research trips to um Shibuta and to Mississippi in general. And I went with Rep Road folks down there and we interviewed folks that either um moved to Albany and then moved back or um didn't want to move to Albany at all but still had family members there. And I spoke to two people there that specifically said they moved to Albany and they sat in their apartment all winter and hated it and then decided to move back once spring came because they could not stand the cold weather. Wow. Wow. So that so, that definitely makes a difference. So what culin- culinary delights did the people of, of uh, Mississippi bring up to Albany? Um, so at the, uh, Rap Road reunion every year, they roast an entire pig, um, which I believe wow. that they also roasted, um, down in Mississippi and they even built a specific smokehouse for it, um, which is still there. Um, and they still use it during the, the reunions. Um, also mm-hmm. because a lot of them were farmers and, and lived off the land, um, most of the the women of the first and second, and probably even now still, but they all um, grew their own vegetables and fruit, and then they would can just about everything. And I remember hearing a lot of stories about canning canning days out on Rap Road and how all the women would get together and can and put up vegetables and fruits for the winter. Now, Rap Road has a specific Historic designation, right? What's it called? The Rap Road Historic District. 
and it and was des- it, it was designated in 2003 um, as a New York State Historic District, and then a year later as a National Historic District. What what were the steps to get to that point? Um, so what we did was we did because this at this point in time it was a kind of an unusual um, proposal for the state of New York. Usually, up until this mm-hmm. point, they were looking for the pretty houses. Um, mm-hmm. So what we did was a house history of every single one of the buildings out on Rap Road, and we talked about who built it who lived there, um, and kind of the the personal history of each of the homes, and then the history of the entire community. Um, Mm -hmm. And one of the the big significant factors of the community was, uh, for New York State and for the national level, was that the community was still there, and that was the big deal. Um, Because a lot of times um, African-American communities did not have – such good luck in in staying as long as they did. Folks would move out Mm -hmm. or the buildings would get knocked down and used for, you know, the land used for other purposes. Um, Mm -hmm. So that was the major significance in addition to its social history was the fact that the community was still there. And because the Rap Road residents, most of them, the first generation, built their own homes, they all had a specific look and it looked different. It looked they brought their building techniques that they learned in Mississippi and they applied them here. So it looked unlike anything else in Albany, New York or even in New York State. So that was also significant. So um did people from Mississippi settle in other places in the northeast or or, or just specifically Albany? Um, people from Mississippi, a, mo- a lot of them moved to Chicago and Detroit. And um, okay. I think I, I said this earlier, um, that one of the big things that's so unusual about Rep Road is that these folks had the opportunity to purchase land and build houses. And you would be hard-pressed to find other communities in the Northeast similar to uh, similar to that especially from this time period. So uh, the lesson for today is why do you feel that Rap Road is so important? Um, Because they're still there, and um, they have such a rich history that is unusual. And the vision of Lewis Parson, he he um he wanted to give a, a he wanted to find a place where his congregants from Mississippi could feel comfortable and it's mm-hmm. remarkable that he had the opportunities to make that happen um and the rap road community is a great example and result of that so as you were writing the book and you were uncovering uh, all of these people who made an impact on the community has any other has anybody else documented what they what these people had done 
No, I mean, you talk about Lewis Parsons and stuff. So mm-hmm. are, you, are you the only person that has documented, you know, the migration through Rap Road? Or have there been other people who have taken aspects of that of that era and, and made it public? Um, well, I, I should say that I was not the only one to um, research the community. It, the research in the community was happening before I showed up. Um, Emma Dixon had been kind of interviewing her neighbors and family members for decades beforehand. Um, and when I showed up, I just showed up at the right time and we started working together. Um, and what's really great about the community now is that there are so many of them interested in preserving their own history and recording it that I just kind of serve as a as a consultant. And because they are running with their own history, they they do a great job. They've established a Rap Road Historical Association. And mm-hmm. um, so they're they are all very interested in in keeping this this momentum going. Um, and I'm just there to help. So you've enjoyed working on this project. Absolutely. I I met so many wonderful people. Um I ended up sending my three kids to daycare out on Rap Road. Um mm-hmm. because I've made lifelong friends with the, the folks that live there. So you've you've been I'm sure attended some of the barbecues, right? Yes. Yes. And everybody was very welcoming. Um, they still are. And I, I mentioned earlier that I, I traveled to Mississippi um, with two two of the women in the community, and um, we had a we had a great time. It's terrific. So, is your book still for sale? Yes, um, it is still for sale. It's um, available through SUNY Press, um, and I think it might be at a couple of the local. Um, book stores, um, and mm-hmm. then the the Rap Road Historical Association also sells it, and the proceeds for that go goes to help the the historic district. So, the historic district you're hoping will remain intact for for as far as you can see, right? Yes, that would be. That's that's my hope. Okay, great. So you have been listening to Dr. Jennifer Lemack. Are you working on anything else, or are you still concentrating on Rap Road? Um, currently, I've been working on uh, New York State suffrage history because we've been going through some of the um, New York State suffrage anniversary and the national right. anniversary. So mm-hmm. one of the good things about my job is that I get to do a lot of different history. But uh, the Rap Road always, the Rap Road community is always near and dear to my heart. The one one last question I'll ask you is, when you first stepped foot on Rap Road and you started talking to the people that live there, were you really inspired by the whole thing? Absolutely. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. It's, such a, it's such a great story. And the the folks that are, are there to tell the story from their perspective, it's just, it's it's great. I, 
It'll be a movie someday. <laughs> oh, I hope so. Have you contacted any filmmakers in Albany to do something? No, but that's a great idea. <laughs> <laughs> what about Bowen at UFFX? He might yeah, be interested. Be, yeah. Yeah, we should we should get them we should get right. them interested in that. Okay, so you've been listening to Dr. Jennifer Lamont Mock. I hope I'm pronouncing your name right. And yes. I'm Cynthia Puller. This is Focus on Albany. If you like this show, like us on Facebook and follow us on Twitter. Jennifer, it's been a pleasure and thank you everybody for listening. Have a great day. Great. Thank you. Bye-bye.